I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Daily Doctor's Kitchen with me, your host, Dr. Rupi. I'm a medical doctor and cookbook author, and the Daily Doctor's Kitchen is a series of bite-sized nuggets of information all to do with food, nutritional medicine, and healthy living taken from my main podcast, The Doctor's Kitchen Podcast. And if you want to learn how to eat well every day, check out my free recipes, books, newsletter, and download the app at thedoctorskitchen.com. What kind of things predispose a brain to react inappropriately or perhaps appropriately is is often argument to say, but what kind of things can predispose someone to have PTSD in the first place? Because there are a number of associations that I'm aware of and I'm trying to unpick exactly why those might be. Yeah, I mean, in some of the research literature uh, really suggests there are some obvious risk factors. So pre-trauma... Uh, one of the biggest risk factors is exposure to a whole array of childhood adversity, uh, particularly more complex types of abuse in childhood that can, might predispose people. Now, why this is, you know, it's hard to really know, but from my clinical experiences and from some research data, uh, it seems that unfortunately people, part of growing up is often about learning how to really regulate our emotions. Particularly, you know, you think, when we're born, the kind of one of the areas that really grows a lot is the frontal lobes uh, and, and, and the very you know, central to emotional regulation and executive function. And particularly things like the way oxytocin is released and stuff like this with good caregivers. Now, if unfortunately people grow up in more adverse environments, sometimes we don't learn helpful ways to regulate our own emotions. Or we may have very difficult views about ourselves, the world and other places. So if you're growing up in an environment where every time you're upset, a primary caregiver, instead of comforts you, which if they kind of comfort you and they comfort you again and again, oxytocin, there's a hormone gets released that helps bring down our emotions. And we learn over time to to internalize that emotional regulation. If the opposite happens, we get upset and our caregivers shout at us, shame us, abuse us. Well, we, le- we don't learn that emotions, are, we don't learn a way to regulate our emotions. So emotions become extremely scary and difficult to manage. Then we come along to a trauma and actually trauma is, you know, they're, they're not, not everyone's exposed to traumas. So, you know, you know, people get exposed to difficult traumas. We all have different ways of managing. If we are predisposed to not be able to regulate our emotions quite so well, 
were more likely to uh, dissociate during the trauma, which means sort of not be fully present, or were more likely to be so distressed by the trauma we can't do the natural kind of processing of a traumatic event. So in a lot of the clients I work with, they often turn to alcohol as a way to manage, to try to, to manage traumas, which doesn't, which gets in the way of the natural kind of processing. Or become workaholics and just try and fill their day with work so they're not thinking about the traumas. So the predisposing stuff, the childhood stuff seems very important. The type of traumas we're exposed to, unfortunately, are related to kind of how our, our, the chance of developing PTSD. The more interpersonal, the more violations of trust between between people in our social circle, that, that increases the chance. The more they're repeated. So being uh, some of the language we use, this single incident trauma, like a car crash, is less risky for PTSD than and for, like living uh, with spousal abuse, where it's a repeated awful type of interpersonal trauma that's happening a lot that people can't escape. If people dissociate during the trauma, which I kind of mentioned earlier, so it's so bad their mind takes them elsewhere, that's, that's a big risk factor. Also, post-trauma, we know that the people that have less social support around them, so the people that are less, feel less able to talk to their friends, their family, maybe uh, healthcare workers in the immediate kind of aftermath of traumas, are, are also more likely to develop more complex PTSD-type reactions in the longer term. I hope you enjoyed today's Daily Doctor's Kitchen. The Doctor's Kitchen podcast is where I discuss multiple topics around nutritional medicine and well-being with experts and researchers from around the globe. And you can find me on social media at doctors underscore kitchen. Sign up for free recipes every single week at thedoctorskitchen.com. And don't forget to download the app. I'm Dr. Rupi. Have a beautiful day.